This is a Faith FM podcast. You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Hello there, and thanks for joining once again. I'm Robbie Bergen, and you're listening to The Faith Experiment. And this is episode number 42 of The Faith Experiment, and I'm calling this episode Eva's Story, Buddhist to Christian. Now, on this episode, I have another great book to give away. It's called The Desire of Ages. This is a fantastic book. This is a complete commentary on the life and teachings of Jesus. It's a lovely book. It's an easy read book. You will not want to miss this offer. To get today's offer, you'll need to wait for the code word, which I'll give you at the end of the show. You'll text this code word to the Faith Experiment number. Here it is. Write it down. Save it in your phone. Do what you've got to do. But here's the number. It's 04888 that's 0488845311. So say that in your phone and wait for today's code word. You know I love hearing from you on the Faith Experiment, and I want to give a big shout out to everyone who has been texting me in, telling me where they've been listening to the Faith Experiment from. I've got my listeners in Adelaide, in Hobart, uh, Wollongong, Newcastle, Coffs Harbour, Gladstone, all over the place. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. It's because of your support of this show that we keep going that we keep bringing you exciting and interesting experimental facts about faith. Now, if you are joining for the first time, this show is all about doing just that, putting faith into practice. I've shared with you how I put my faith into practice, how I went from a non-believer to a faith experimenter. We've also looked at how to enhance your study of these ancient manuscripts. And we've talked about a lot of Q&A. You've given me questions and I've dug in answering these questions from these ancient manuscripts. And on the last episode, I share with you Candace's story. Now, Candace is my sister who also went from a life of no faith to a life of a faith experimenter. And she shared how she went from life of partying, drugs, hurt and loneliness and became a faith experiment. Now, if you missed any of the previous episodes and you want to catch up on some of the details, you can go ahead and get the Faith FM app from your app store or go to faithfm.com.au and look under the podcasting section for the Faith Experiment. You can also get the Faith Experiment on all good podcasting platforms, making it easy for you to keep up to date with the Faith Experiment. Now, on today's episode, I have a very interesting guest, my friend Eva O'Neill. Now, I first met Eva back in, I think it was 2010 when I lived in Taipei in Taiwan. Now, our paths have crossed a number of times since then, but now Eva lives in Melbourne with her brand new husband, and I'm really excited to have her on the show today because she's got a very interesting story of how and why she has become a faith experimenter. Now, Eva grew up as a Buddhist in Taiwan, but today she is a follower of of Jesus. So Eva, I think I have you on the line. Are you there? Yes. Hi, how are you? Excellent, excellent. How are you doing today? Yeah, good. Doing well. Um, baby's kicking a lot. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. How long the journey are you now? Um, 29 weeks. Wow, you're getting close. Not, not long to go, yeah. Oh, you don't have to tell the whole, whole of Australia here, but do you know what you're having yet? Oh, uh, we're having a baby girl. Oh, well, there you go. The whole of Australia now knows. How amazing is that? Very exciting. Yeah, that's good. Eva, we, uh, was it 2010 we first met in Taiwan or was it 2011? Yes, 2010. 2010. Now, I, I was working um, in Taiwan in a church setting and um, I remember you showing up and the thing that I remember about meeting you, first of all, was 
you had the perfect Australian accent in Taiwan, which was very, very unusual. <laughs> yeah, I was um, on holidays because um, I was studying at University of Queensland in Brisbane. And then I went home for holidays. So that would have been like November, December. That's when I met you. So Eva, you, as everyone's probably already guessed, you grew up in Taiwan. Where you were actually from Taipei, right? Yeah. Yeah, Taipei is the, the capital of Taiwan. <laughs> yes, it is. I lived there for a number of years. I tell you what, I still miss Taiwan and I miss Taipei. Do you know what I miss the most? Yeah, what do you miss the most? Pineapple cake. Oh, they're so yum. going to go to the Asian grocery to, yeah. to get them now. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Now, look, the, the food in Taiwan and especially Taipei was absolutely like they, they used to have a saying there that you can eat a different restaurant every single night for your entire life and you will never get through all of the restaurants in Taipei. Exactly. So many good food. So what was it like growing up in Taipei? Um, so Taipei, uh, it's just like any big cities, I'd say, in Asia, like Singapore or Hong Kong. And interestingly, we have about the same population as Australia on a small, small island. So it's very crowded. So lots of good food and lots of restaurants. And one thing I do miss a lot is there are lots of um, vegetarian restaurants. Too many of them, and they're just so yummy. And if, even if not vegetarian, there are lots of good food too. And I do miss those, miss um, the food back then. That's something my wife and I really found amazing when we moved to Taipei. Is exactly that. Like nearly every corner, every street has vegetarian restaurants, and we were like. Why? How is that? I mean, we, we're vegetarians ourselves and we we're like, this is like vegetarian heaven here, but why? And then we found out it's because of Buddhists. Yeah, exactly. So why are Buddhists mostly vegetarian? Oh, well, it's because um, you want to have good karma and they don't want to kill any life. So one of their commandments is no killing, just any sort of life, not just human life, but animals or insects, so they don't... They're vegetarian because they don't kill life. Right. Now, growing up in Taipei, you also grew up as a Buddhist, correct? Yes. My parents became Buddhist um, right around when I was born, and I grew up um, going to temples and that, something like that. Now, I lived in Taiwan for just over four years, and I had a fair bit to do with Buddhists in general, but I, I found that there are different types of Buddhists. There was one uh, particular person I met, they said that they woke up every morning at 4am to have cold showers and then start their meditation process. Is that the sort of Buddhist you were, or are you more sort of just go to the temple when you need to sort of Buddhist? Um, I think we develop not in that way that we we do the 4am cold showers. I think that's more for some monks. And um, But we I remember we had weekly meetings to read and to do the chanting together and because my babysitter, we're very close um, and she became a monk. So she lived in the temple and then I would visit her regularly um, and I would, you know, I got pocket money growing up as a teenager and I would donate my money to save life. So I would say, so they all have options like, do you want to um, put your money to saving fish or birds or you want to, you know, um, put your money into TV and radio channels to spread the, you know, news, um, different channels. So, and yeah, growing up, I, I did, you know, give quite a bit of my pocket money to the, to the temple to donate to save life. So what would you summarize, or how would you summarize a Buddhist's view of life and of the world? Obviously, they, they value life a lot to the extent that they want to take care of animals and things. What's, what's generally the view of a Buddhist about the world? So, um, I think the main thing is reincarnation. So everyone's in this cycle of life. 
and you there's heaven, hell, and states of being animals or vegetables like trees, plants, and then stages of being human. So then you go through, if you have good karma, you move up. So say for for example, you move from being an animal to being a human being and then you move up the next life and you can go to heaven and be kind of a god or a goddess. Um, But then you're still in this cycle of reincarnation. But the aim aim for, um, I don't know what they call it, but um, in life what you try to do is to get out of that cycle and that's called enlightenment. Um, Yeah, so that's more of like a Buddhist um, belief. And so in Buddhism also, there's nothing is certain. Like I remember growing up learning stories when Buddha was on earth or when he was alive. He was, you know, teaching people like good is not just good. You know, it's it's so it's not intrinsically good. It's basically it's uncertain. Like if you call something good, it might be bad in other circumstances. You know, like. So that's what they believe. There's nothing certain, like your senses, you're not to trust your senses. Um, your reality is, you know, what you paint it to be. So it's not completely real. It's, um, to me now, I feel it's confusing explaining or trying to understand. But basically, yeah, nothing is certain, nothing is set. Um, good is never just good and bad is never just bad. Now, as a, a Buddhist growing up in Taiwan, Talk to me about the view on death. I know that sounds kind of um, pretty sad and depressing, but when I lived in Taiwan, there was a certain month in the year that they used to call Ghost Month in English, and every corner of every street in Taipei, they were burning paper things like paper houses, paper money, paper, you name it. Talk to me about death. Yeah, so um, we do have... In I guess in most Chinese cultures as well, um, and Buddhist countries, we do have a month that's um, called the Ghost Month, and that's when the gates of hell is open, and so the dead that were that were suffering in hell um, for one month they were let loose to roam around on earth with people, and so you know um, supernatural things would happen that month, and people are. Uh, cautious and they try to <laughs> not to offend um, the ghosts and try to, I mean, uh, what, what would you say, like sacrifice food. So we'll put out, even as a company, when I was working in Taiwan, um, our company will set up a table out the front and we'll burn incense and we'll offer food um, and drinks on the table and everyone will go out and burn the incense and speak to the ghosts. To say, well, I enjoy the food here because that's what well, we believe that most of them, when they go suffering in hell, they um, their throats are closed, um, so they they couldn't eat anything. Anything they put in their mouth will burn up. Um, so that's the only time they're allowed to have food. So they're very, really hungry, and yeah. So so yeah, dead people, I guess, spirits or ghosts roaming around, especially in that month. Now, I, I didn't have kids when I was in Taiwan. I've often wondered what it would be like being a kid growing up in a culture and an environment where ghosts and death and things like this were, they were, introdu- they were introduced at a very young age as a child, aren't they? How, how did that affect you growing up? I was so scared. Growing up, I remember um, my friend invited me over for a sleepover and we, I went over and then in, in the evening we were watching TV and the TV 
show was about <laughs> some ghost. So it's kind of like a green figure in on television. And I was watching it with my friend and I just got so scared and I had to call my mom <laughs> after my mom to pick me up. Um, <laughs> to go home and sleep with mum. And not only that, when I was at school, um, like we as students, we kind of talk about all these spiritual things, um, like the experiences with ghosts, if they have seen any. Um, I had a friend that could see ghosts and she had a dream. She told me she had a dream and somehow she woke up with something next to her bed. And in her dream, she was told to give that pill or something um, to another person and she will never see ghosts again and she said that's what she did and she never saw any more ghosts. So like spiritual things, um, weird things, supernatural things happen around us and yeah, growing up I was just very scared. Wow. Wow. I mean, I, yeah, I can't imagine what it'd be like to have this monthly thing where you know, you're told that if you don't basically make the ghosts happy, they'll, uh, they'll cause you problems, to put it nicely. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like like walking down the street at night time, my mum would say, like, do not whistle because that attracts the ghost. Wow. That, and, that, that, and that's from a young age, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Well, Eva, it's really interesting so far having you on the Faith Experiment and, yeah, just getting a bit of a background to your story from Taipei in Taiwan and your, your view of the world growing up in a Buddhist family. Obviously, this is the Faith Experiment, and we're really excited to see how and learn how you went from sort of this worldview to being a follower of Jesus. But it's time to take a short break now. When we come back after the break, Eva is going to continue sharing how her faith experiment began. I'll be right back after this with The Faith Experiment. You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Connect with us via text message on 04888-45311. That's 04888-45311. Or send an email to robbie at faithfm.com.au. You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice telling the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life Oh, there's a better life If you got pain He's a pain if you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, a savior, he's a prisoner shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Thank you. 
If you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify, testify. If you believe it, if you receive it. If you can't feel it, somebody testify. You got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, a savior, he's a prison shaking savior. You got chains, he's a chain breaker. The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen. Right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Listen live or listen later. Get the Faith FM app from your app store today. Welcome back to The Faith Experiment. I'm Robbie Bergen and this is episode 42 of The Faith Experiment. I'm calling this episode Eva's Story from Buddhist to Christian. On this episode, as the title suggests, I am having a chat with my good friend Eva. Eva is originally from Taipei in Taiwan, and uh, we first crossed paths, oh, what was it, 2010, so it's about 12 years ago, it's been a while, and um, Eva grew up in the, the Buddhist faith, but today she is a follower of Jesus and identifies as a Christian, and on today's episode, we are exploring how her faith experiment began, what were the major uh, indicators that caused her to sort of just go down this path of exploring faith. So, Eva, good to have you back on the show again after the break. Yeah, good to be back. Um, we we talked about Taiwan. We talked about uh, Taipei, the good food, um, being Buddhist, Ghost Month. Pretty interesting upbringing, hey? Yeah. Now, I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> yes. Now, you you moved to Australia at a reasonably young age. How old were you when you moved to Australia? Um, when I was 18, when I was at starting university. That's when I moved here. And I guess that answers the question why you moved to Australia. Well, let's get let's dig deeper. Why of all the places you go? Like when I lived in Taiwan, a lot of the students went to Canada or to North or North America in general, but Canada or the United States. Why did you pick Australia? Um, Australia because I actually have been here before. Um, when I was in high school one time to visit a friend. Um, so I also went to an Australian high school for a few weeks, kind of like an exchange. Yeah. But I, I did come here when I was 18 because I had a dream. I wanted to be a diplomat or an ambassador working in the international kind of capacity to make a difference in the world. Wow. What sort of difference did you want to make? Um, I guess humanitarian, just also improving the Taiwan and other countries' relations because, as we see, we are quite threatened by China. So I think that was one thing I really was passionate about. So, yeah, it's funny. When you mentioned a humanitarian slash diplomat, I immediately thought in my mind just now, is is that shaped by your Buddhist upbringing? 
about the view of doing good and making a difference in life and preserving life, those sorts of things. Do you think there's a connection there? Yeah, I think um, definitely growing up, um, we were taught to do taught to do good things and earn good karma to you know move up the ladder um, for the next life. Um, but yeah, and I just thought, well, that's you know what what can I do with it in my life? That is probably one good thing, and you know with everything that comes with that career, it's very attractive. So, what did you study in Australia? I studied international relations. And French. Wow. When I was at uni, yeah. Well, obviously, French is the uh, diplomatic language of the world, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't speak much now, but yeah, back then I really did want to pursue that path and yeah, study French as well. Now, what did your parents think at this point? What do they think of you, you know, eighteen-year-old daughter moving off to another country, another continent, and um, wanting to become a diplomat? What do they think about that? Um, my parents were really happy for me that. I knew what I wanted to do with my life, and they were very supportive of me coming to Australia. So somehow in this time coming to Australia, I assume that you came across Christianity because I met you after you had already come to Australia, and you were very interested in Christianity when you came back to Taiwan. So how did that happen? Like, how did you come across Christianity? Um, well, it happened when I one day when I was at uni, and you know, I feel like I had been struggling with studying and motivation and back at that time I was I felt really homesick and I got a news that my grandmother was ill and I started thinking oh what is this all about like you know I've got a goal I've got a dream I want to pursue this lifestyle and that's this career with everything that comes with it and I started thinking you know like what if I've achieved all that one day and, you know, I've become a diplomat and I've made um, changes, positive changes in this world and I, you know, met someone good and had a, have a good family and have good children and, you know, like I got everything that I dreamed of and achieved everything and, you know, what is the, what, what's the point of life? What's next or, you know, what's the whole point of me being here studying to achieve that goal and leaving my family behind and also in the end when I die feeling like you know what have I done really for this life um, and that's how I started I guess that's how I guess that's where God started leading me to find him so I remember thinking about that and being a bit depressed and I decided to go on a trip to kind of reset and Unwind, and then so then when I come back to uni after the break, I'll be all refreshed and be able to study well and keep going. So I went to Melbourne because I knew um, a friend there, and I visited Melbourne um, and met a few Christians, and that's how I started getting to know about Christianity and know God. So, when you first met a Christian, what what was your initial reaction? Like, how did you how did they come across to you? Yeah, so um. In Taiwan, I did have experiences meeting other Christians. Um, I did attend a church for about three months, but um, it was not a very good experience. I felt people, um, even though they were passionate and they're friendly, but, you know, you, you can see that they still, um, I don't know, they really wanted me to get baptized and I didn't think I was ready for it because I was a Buddhist and I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. They were a bit forceful. And aggressive, but this time around, it's a bit of pressure. Yeah, a bit of pressure. And but this time around, um, meeting Christians, I was very surprised. Um, I've we went on a camp together with 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 a group of friends, and they were vegetarian, um, and there was no beer, <laughs> and there was no TV. And I was a bit surprised because I had gone camping before with other Australians, and you know there was always 
steak results, um, beers. Sometimes they even bought TV to watch footy on my camping chair. So I was so surprised. Um, and um, I didn't know there was a group of people and Christians that were actually um, vegetarian and you know, living a completely different lifestyle. So what what did you think? Like, did you think, wow, these guys are just Buddhists but living in Australia? Like, was there, what was your thoughts when you saw this, like people living differently? Yeah, well, the first reaction I had was, well, you really put me to shame because I was Buddhist and was supposed to be vegetarian, you know, no kill life thing. So I felt a bit shameful. But then I also realized that, wow, I feel these people are a bit brainwashed. Um, for me, um, back then, I felt like life, uh, life is compartmentalized. So, like, you have your career life, you have your family life, you know, you have your friends and your love life and your religious life. It's all different parts of your life. And to me, they didn't mix. And before these people that I met, you think like every decision they made or they consider their thoughts or anything they want to do is all religious. It's all based on you know, what the Bible says and what God thinks. And so I was very surprised and thought, wow, how can a group of people, you know, believe in a religion this way? So these Christians that you met, you went on camp with in Melbourne, they, what what you're describing is, is that they, every element of their life was connecting to God. Yeah. Like their decision-making processes, their behaviors, their actions, their thoughts, their conversation was all like God-centered. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes, exactly. And that scared me. <laughs> that scared you. Why did it scare you? Because, <laughs> I just thought, like, because um, Buddhists, essentially, they kind of, uh, they don't believe in any religion, kind of a little bit like atheists as well, like, and I just felt like, well, how can you, how can you believe in something like that? Like, you're just totally devoted and have no skepticism or, you know, you're kind of brainwashed. That's just how I felt. So they, they obviously introduced you to the Bible. Yes, they did. What did you think about that? Were you familiar with the Bible before this? Uh, not at all. So what did you think of the Bible when you first picked it up and had a look at it? Oh, it's all very confusing um, um, and strange to me um, with the language as well. Because, um, oh, what did I feel? Well, I remember someone shared um, Revelation with me and it was all about dreams and the symbols and just hard to understand. Yeah, that, that's funny because that was one of the first books I read as an atheist, uh, the book Revelation, and I was like, this guy takes hardcore drugs. <laughs> so, yeah, so confusing. Well, if we're going to take a short break now, when we come back, I would love, I mean, I know the listeners want to hear this, but I'd love to hear how you went from this encounter with, with Christians and introduced to this confusing book called The Bible Um, What got your attention and how that sort of developed? So we'll pick that up after the break. And don't forget, coming up is today's code word, so make sure you stick around. The Faith Experiment is made possible because of people like you. If you enjoy what we are doing, please consider supporting us by making a donation on our website at faithfm.com.au slash donate. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me You've been so, so good to me Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me So, so kind to me Oh, the old 
to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Welcome back to The Faith Experiment. This is episode 42 of The Faith Experiment. I'm calling this episode Eva's Story, Buddhist to Christian. And before the break, Eva was sharing with us how she, at the age of 18, decided to move to Australia to study because she had a dream and in that dream she felt called to do good in her life and that was to become a diplomat and so she came to Australia. You were studying international relations and learning French and everything was going fantastic. You ended up coming across some Christians in on a visit with some friends in Melbourne and these Christians were different. They, uh, they weren't drinking alcohol, they were vegetarians and they made decisions centered around what they believed God wanted them to do based on the Bible and you found it all a little bit, well, strange. 
that sound about right so far? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, well, we're, we're excited, Eva, have you on The Faith Experiment. I love hearing these sorts of stories. Now, I know what's on everybody's mind because it's on my mind, and that is, what was it in all of this encounter with these Christians and the Bible and you know just their lifestyle in general, what was it that got you interested to delve a little bit deeper into Christianity and the Bible? I guess there's two things. Um, one of them was um, they shared with me Matthew 24, which is about the end of time all the signs of Jesus' second coming of the end of time. And as I was reading through and they were explaining to me, it seemed like it is happening. And I just needed to make sure that this was true. If this was true, you know, I'd I better, you know, believe and, you know, change my life or, you know, get to know God better and get to read everything else. But, you know, it's something on my mind. I felt, well, I really needed to know for me if this is true or not. Because it is very, how do I, how do I put it? Like the prophecy, the signs is fulfilling in front of my eyes, I can see. And it was very important for me then to find out if this was true. So that's one of the things that I wanted to study the Bible. And also the other thing was to also see <laughs> the proof. Like I was a bit skeptical about all this Bible thing. And to see if this book is really as consistent as they say. Um, so I was going through and, you know, carefully studying and examining if there are any differences in, you know, the text or in the teaching. So, yeah, that was two things that, that made me want to study the Bible. Wow, that's, that's really interesting because, you know, I've talked about this many, many times on this podcast that the foundational test for the faith experiment is prophecy because prophecy is the only thing that we have in the at least the Hebrew and Greek manuscripts as a way to test whether or not the author of this book, mm. what we call the Bible today, is in fact God. Every other world religion makes no claim that they're able to tell the future. In fact, uh, the Bible is only one of one of the uh, world religions out there, but it's the only one that talks about prophecy. And that was the thing that got me interested in the faith experiment. That was prophecy. And it's funny because for you, it sounds like the same thing. Matthew 24 is a chapter of prophecy about signs of the times, of the condition of the world as it progresses on down through time until the second coming. Um, of, of some of the signs there in Matthew 24, what was it that got your attention? I mean... There's a, there's a bunch there around religion, around war, famine. What sort of things got your attention? Yeah, war, famine, earthquakes. I mean, I live in Taiwan, so, you know, earthquakes, we experience them regularly. Um, yeah, and then we have noticed also, like, they have increased in intensity. Um, we had a few pretty bad ones, you know, previous years. Um, so, yeah, definitely I felt, wow, this is happening. Yeah, so it really the rubber hit the road with you on Matthew 24. So you you get a sense that there's, wow, this is something interesting here. This book is claiming that there will be these events and they'll get increased in intensity and frequency. So you're seeing that, you're asking the question, is this legit? Is it real? And so then you you're looking at, let me test the consistency of the book because this book is written over a very long period of time, about 1,600 years, mm. uh, about 40 different authors and three different continents. So in your quest to find contradiction, what did you find? None, really. <laughs> it was very difficult to find anything. Um, and also I feel like when I was learning as well, I had questions to see if they all match up. Um, you know, like the, how do I put it? It's more like a puzzle, I feel. There's so many questions that I ask, like, why are we here? Um, why did God create us? And why is there evil? Why is good? You've got so good. And, 
you know, what happens after death and, you know, the whole picture I feel just as I studied were just so consistent and just matches and just fits so well like a puzzle. You, you just, yeah. You learn a little bit here and there, but then you all match up. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it makes a complete picture. It's like you've got to dig. That's the funny thing, right, with the Bible. And, you know, I, I came across this concept pretty early on in my faith experiment. And that was you don't read the Bible like you read a novel. Like you don't start on page one and end on the last page. The Bible, is it's like you're saying, you've got to dig it. over here. There's a, a piece of the puzzle and over here's a piece of the puzzle. When you put it all together, it makes a perfect picture of the entire story. So I've got a question for you, Eva. Yeah. When you pick up the Bible, how do you actually read it or probably a better word is how do you study it? What what tips and or techniques do you use? What have you learnt in your years as a faith experimenter? Mm, so, uh, so I guess I do Bible studies in two different ways. Sometimes I go by topic and sometimes I read through a small chunk and reread and then um, ask questions. So if, for example, a topic, if you want to find out about death, you can look up the word death in the Bible and just read through the text. They're all in different places and um, that all those texts will build a picture of what, you know, Bible teaches about death. So that's one of the ways that if I have something in mind I want to study, like faith or um, love or, you know, death, for example, life, tree of life, all different topics. Um, and the other way that I also study is um, I read through either stories, um, section by section, and then I'll ask, you know, questions like, oh, God, what are you, what are you trying to say here? I usually try to summarize that little section first myself with, you know, one or two sentences. And then I look for interesting things in the text. So, for example, there's a word that's repeated or, you know, it's weird that, you know, Jesus says something that people don't usually, it's not their first thing to say or when they ask a question. Like, for example, I'll pick those things up and, you know, think about those, ask God, you know, what does that mean? And, you know, what, what are you trying to tell me? And that's usually how I study the Bible. Wonderful. Some people think that you have to go off and do a theological degree in order to be able to understand the Bible. Now, you you never had any of that. You were you were a background in Buddhism, so English is your second language. You're around some Christians. They're introducing you to the Bible. They're taking you through prophecy, and then you decide, well, I'm going to go check this out for myself. Yeah. You start studying and reading and analyzing it like any other book, and you came to some conclusions. So you don't need to have a theological degree. That's what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. It's a book written for absolutely anybody, everybody, I should say. Yeah. And I appreciate doing group um, group studies as well because, you know, you can see what other people have picked up that you probably missed or they have a different perspective to things. So with their backgrounds or their upbringing, they might see things a bit differently. And when they share, that just gives um, more insights to you know, what the passage is talking about, and you can learn something new from that too. So, Eva, let me take you back a little bit. We went off on a sidetrack there on how to study the Bible, which was great. I love hearing tips from other people. But we were talking about how that you went down this path of your the prophecies got your attention. You went to check out the consistency or inconsistencies of the Bible to see whether it's reliable enough. What happens next in the faith experiment? Was there anything significant that got your um, attention in this whole faith journey? Mm, I, I remember... Um Early on in my search in the Bible, I um, I, was, I learned a Bible verse um, in Proverbs 15, verse 1. He says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I remember memorizing that Bible verse um, 
and, you know, going to Bible studies and was encouraged to read my Bible. And I remember one day I had a pretty bad experience with a reception lady where I used to live. And that ruined my whole day. I was so mad and upset and I was so angry the whole day after that incident because um, she was late and I wasn't very nice to her and she wasn't very nice back to me. Um, so at the end of the day, I just remembered all of a sudden, oh, you know what? I've been memorizing this Bible verse, the soft answer turns away wrath. And it did nothing for me. That whole day, I was upset and it couldn't have been a good day. And that's the moment when I realized I was so lost, even though, you know, I, I can read the Bible, I can try to find inconsistencies and try to find this is real. But also, in the meantime, Bible is meant to, you know, come into your heart. This is advice from the Bible, to, the soft answer turns away wrath needs to be lived out in my life and that's actually benefiting me so I think from that point I read the Bible also in a different light um, you know as I was looking for prophecies and um, established credibility of the Bible I also realized I need to you know um, look at it differently it's, it's meant for my heart not just for my mind not as knowledge but it's something that needs to go in my heart and change my life I also remember another instance when um I learned about God wanting to um, look after our body and our health, and He cares about our, our bodies and that we that we're healthy. And so He gave us instructions in the Bible, um, in Genesis and the other parts uh, about our diets and you know exercise and work and you know our mind, what we should focus on thinking thinking about. Um, you know, the positive things. And that's when I realized, oh, okay, this God is not just a God that's like, oh, I want power, I want people to worship, and I want people to, you know, pray to me and read my words. But this is a real God that truly cares, not just about your spiritual well-being, but your mental well-being and your physical health. And that that is um, one at one point of my journey when I realized, well, yeah, God, God is a true God that loves and that cares about, you know, all, every individual, including myself. Um, and then I remember also one time, um, it was a Friday uh, in the morning and I did something wrong and I, I didn't feel like reading the Bible or pray to God and I didn't want to have anything to do with God because I just felt so ashamed that I did something wrong. And um, so I just avoided him all day. And and he came to the evening time, and you know it was Sabbath time, Sabbath. And I used to meet up. We usually meet up um, Friday night. So my friends started calling me, Eva. Why are you not here yet? You know, are you okay? Are you coming? And that's when I realized, oh, you know, God's love is just like Sabbath. You you cannot push it away. Sabbath's gonna come every week, knowing Sabbath or not. Like I didn't know about Sabbath. I didn't know about God, but there was. Saturdays, every week there was a Saturday. And so God's love is always there and always after you. You cannot escape and you cannot go away from it. God will always love you. Just like the Bible says, you know, God has appeared, the Lord has appeared of all to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. And nothing um, can separate us from the love of God. So your experience with studying the Bible, journeying through the different themes and topics of the Bible, you saw that this God of the Bible was uh, wanted to have a relationship that involved every aspect of your life, not just some 
temple experience every now and then. It was something that, like a daily living, abiding, dwelling relationship. Exactly, like a real, you know, we can't see God, but he's just as real as people we see on the street. Like, that kind of relationship, my relationship with my husband, you know, um, like God wants that real thing. And I felt, yeah, that's, you know, that's all. You know, that's a God that I want to love and worship too. Well, Eva, this is getting really interesting now, but we have to take a short break now. But when we come back, we're going to pick it up and we're going to delve straight into how that moment came in this journey where you decided to commit to the faith experiment. We'll be right back after this with the faith experiment. You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Connect with us via text message on 04 That's 04 Or send an email to robbie at faithfm.com.au. Every time I try to make it on. Every time I try to stand, I start to fall And all those only roads that I've traveled There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground And when the friends I had were nowhere to be I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now There was Jesus In the waiting, in the searching In the healing, in the hurting Like a blessing buried in broken pieces Every minute Every moment where I've been and where I'm going Even when I didn't know it, I couldn't see it There was Jesus You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen Right across Australia, right here on Faith FM Welcome back to The Faith Experiment. This is episode number 42 of The Faith Experiment. And this I'm calling Eva's Story, Buddhist to Christian. Now, before the break, Eva was sharing with us how she was in Australia. She had met these Christians who held the Bible as a very special place in their life. They uh, tried to make every decision based on what God wanted them to do. And Eva, you've said you found it fascinating, you found it confusing, you found it strange, but there was something in it. They shared with you prophecy. You said, no way, if this is true, then this is pretty serious stuff. You went on a quest to establish for yourself whether the Bible was credible or not. And in the course of that, you shared before the break how that you came across all these really deep and almost relational themes in the Bible, not necessarily just doctrines and prophecies and gloom and doom, but actually relational themes. Uh, You were sharing before the break that this is a God that 
has a plan for you. He's a God who loves you, wants to have a relationship with you. I want to ask you now, Eva, at what point in this journey, you know, coming from a Buddhist background, you're in Australia, you're you're connecting with some Christians, you're studying the Bible for yourself, you're finding some interesting things there, but at what point did it become overwhelmingly evident that God loved you, he wanted a relationship with you, and his word was this book, the Bible? You know, I learned that Jesus died on the cross and he's risen again for for me. And and I was thinking and contemplating, look, uh, who would die for me? I I, um, I also asked my question, uh, a question to myself, who would I die for? Would I die for um, someone just on the street walking past? Would I die for a thief or a liar? Or would I die? Who would I die for? Maybe maybe a doctor because he saves life. Maybe I'll die for a doctor. But look, who am, who am I? I've lied. I'm, I'm a thief. I'm, you know, in my life, so many, you know, I've, I've done bad things. I'm not a good person. I'm not a doctor. I don't save life. I don't do anything. Good. And God and Jesus died for me. And that is so overwhelming that God's love is demonstrated in his death and resurrection just blew my mind. And also knowing, you know, we can never escape God's love. You know, what, what do I do for someone who saves my life? Say, say if I'm drowning in a river and someone saved my life, you know, what would I do for this person? I, you know, give everything I've got. I owe my life to this person. But God, Jesus did that for me. And, you know, what can I give him? I realized, look, if he saved my life, if he died for me and saved my life, you know, he's got already everything. He's got the whole world and he's, you know, my, my wealth, my, my possessions, all are gifts from him. And, you know, what can I give him? The only thing I realized I could give to him was, was my life and my heart, the sin polluted heart. That's not even a good, perfect, beautiful heart. It's, it's been damaged and that's the only thing I could give him and the beautiful thing was that's all he wanted and that's when I decided I want to give my life to Jesus give my heart to Jesus and baptism and and declare to everyone that I'll follow him and I love him you know it this is why I love this show. I love talking to people like yourself who have gone through this, or they're still in this journey, but they went through this process of when they, I hate using the word discovered God and discovered Jesus because he's always been there. He's not been lost to be discovered, mm. but it's almost like we come to an awareness. And mm. what I love about talking to people like yourself who have been on that experience and, and is still going through it is that everyone has a different thing in their faith experiment that, that causes them to be overwhelmingly convinced. And I just love the fact that for you, from what you're saying, it was the personal side of God in coming and being the one that would be willing to die for you, to, to pay the price for what you deserve, what I deserve. We all deserve it. And and that that picture that you've seen of him, is it it's it's compelling, isn't it? Yeah. So you make the decision to follow Jesus. You, I assume, you got um, baptized. Yes, I did. How did How did that feel on the day that you got baptized? I, I just remember leading up to it. I couldn't wait another day <laughs> to get baptized, and I was so glad. I was able to, you know, go in the water and then show it to everyone. Look, I, I, I'm quite like I'm demonstrating to the whole universe that. You know, this God, this true God, Jesus, He saved my life, and I'm giving my life to you. Um, 
and that's changed my life completely. Well, that that's exactly what I wanted to ask you next. Is like since uh, for those who may not understand the significance of baptism, baptism doesn't save us, but it, it it demonstrates to everyone around us that we're taking a public stand, that we're on God's side in this in this journey of life. But things don't always go perfectly for us after baptism. And so my question to you is, Eva, after you found out that God is this loving, compassionate, um, saving God, you make a decision to follow him. You demonstrate that through baptism. How did life change for you after that? I One thing that stood out most and the most important is I now live with a purpose. I, my life's got meaning. You know, before... In when I was Buddhist with the incarnation and life after life, you just don't know. You also feel, it also felt like you're dictated by what you did in the previous life. So you really had no choice. But now becoming Christian, I know that God's got a purpose for me and God wants me to enjoy life too on earth. Um, and enjoy all the good gifts and good things that He's given us and also to be like Him, to be clear His goodness and to follow him and show his character and so that's one thing that's really helped me um, also very important to me is now I live with a purpose and I have meaning I know the meaning of life and that's very important um, and also one other thing I say that's very different from before is outlook my outlook in life life is not just you know you're living your life and you know I look at people now just everyone is everyone's loved by God and I feel I used to have a bit of anger problem and was annoyed and frustrated a lot and easily irritated. But now I just see things all differently through, um, how would you say it? Like through, you know, you know God's um, well, understanding of God in this world and what's happening and just got a different outlook, even how I relate to people differently and how I look at um, finances or materials or all different things all different. So I, in a good way. So I'm very happy, <laughs> a lot more happy than before. You know, it's it, it's funny because I've I've known you since 2010, I think it was we first met, and I cannot picture you being angry. Like that, that's just mm-hmm. the words I'd use to describe Eva. None none of the words I would ever pick would be angry, and yet you're telling me that you know in your in your life before experimenting with this faith that comes through this book the bible this was something you struggle with and yet now as a as a follower of jesus you've seen a change I mean, i've seen the change i've i've seen witnessed that change in you i mean i've never seen you angry so it's it's fa- fascinating to me how how much power there is in the teachings of this book it actually changes lives, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's real. It has power. So, in in you've been in this journey now for a number of years. Mm-hmm. What what advice would you give to someone who might be listening today and you know, has heard your story, has heard uh, parts of your story that's that's really connected with where they're at in their journey right now, and they're going, you know, I have anger problems and I don't know how to deal with them, or I I have fear of the supernatural. I've have dreams with ghosts or you know maybe. Whatever it may be, if they're listening to your story now and they're going, "Well, how come she's so different? What what was it? What can you what can you share with someone like that to give them some advice on how they might be able to experience what you're experiencing now?" Yeah, one one Bible verse that was shared with me early on in my journey that really stuck with me is um, Matthew seventeen verse twenty. So Jesus said to them, "Because of your unbelief, or surely I say to you, if you have." Faith as the master sees, you will say to this mountain, move 
from here to there and you will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Uh, when I was on this journey, I didn't think I believed in God or I didn't think um, there was anything with me in, within me to do with Christianity. But, you know, you might just have that tiny, tiny master seat of faith and, and it can do a lot of things. It can move the mountains. And I guess what I would like to say is just give it a go. Even that little thing is not so insignificant. It can be something big. Um, so experimenting with your faith and, you know, try, try him out. Like try God out and see, see, you know, what he does for you. And, you know, you won't be disappointed. Even though everyone's journey may be a bit different, but yeah, your life will be changed. Yeah. Exactly. Like what I like to say this. What have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? Yeah. And I like what you say there. Like, yeah. Until you actually try it for yourself, you, you're only just going to be listening to stories. You know, I, you've probably heard them. I've heard them. I've heard other people share their stories on how they have found faith and what it's done for them. But, and as exciting as they are, as encouraging as they are, they never, they never have any power unless you put it into practice yourself. Mm. Yeah, and I, I feel it was very insignificant and it was not worth trying. But look, this verse says, you know, even this tiniest mustard seed moves mountains. So give it a go. Well, thank you so much, Eva, for sharing your journey into faith and how you have experimented with it along the way. And, you know, I want to challenge each one of you listening to do exactly what Eva has done. No matter where you are in the faith experiment, whether you have even started or whether you're seasoned in the journey, I want you to try something today. I want you to pick up the Bible, make it easy for yourself. Open the book of Philippians as a as a starting point. Pick any verse there and read a couple of verses. And I want you to ask yourself these questions that Eva has just asked. What is there in this passage that God is asking me to do? What's he testing me with? What's he promising me? Let me experiment with this passage and put it into practice and see what the effects are. You know, the Bible makes this claim that if we taste and see, we will see that the Lord, He is good. So put it into practice today. Pick up a passage of Scripture, read it along, and find out what God's wanting you to experiment As mentioned at the top of the show, I have this great book called The Desire of Ages to give away. It's a really fantastic read. It is a commentary on the life and teachings of Jesus. You want to have this book to add it to your library. Now, if you would like to get today's free offer, all you need to do is text today's code word. The code word is hash FE42. That's the hash or pound key with FE for faith experiment and the number 42. All one word, nothing else. Hash FE42. Text that to 0488 45311. That's 04888845311. And then the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply to you asking you for your details and we will get this book out to you as soon as possible. So all you have to do to claim today's offer is text the code word hash FE42. And that's it, 04888-45311. Well, that's all for now. I'll catch you next week at the same time right here on Faith FM for the next episode of The Faith Experiment. I'll see you then. If you have enjoyed this episode of The Faith Experiment, please help us get the word out by sharing our podcast with your friends and family. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. 